Okay, good evening everyone. Brukham Abam. Welcome everybody. We continue in our series of Shurim on Sefer Bamidbar. Shurmar Bamidbar are generously sponsored by Dr. Zakheim, Umishbachta, Lila Nishmas, Rav Shlema, Eliezer Ben Haraviakov Zakheim, and Lila Nishmas, Dr. Zakheim's mother, Rivka, Bas Tuvia Halevi, the Nisham Shem Nalia, Viganedan Tehimanu Chasam, Arbiaskoel Tzedek. Okay. Also, Sefer Bamid is sponsored by our dear friend Rav Isaac Yasolovsky, Loi Nishmas' father, Shabsi Ben Yitzchak Isaac, Sham Shavna Aliyah, the Omeyaz Yosher for his whole family, Abiyas Goel Tzedek. Tonight's learning should be Yitzchus Fushlema for Bracha, Devaira, Bas, Chava, Shasha. There you go. If anybody wants to uh, participate in our campaign, it's still available. There are many dedications available. Uh, Baruch Hashem. Was uh, very successful. You could still participate if anybody wants to join us in Sarfas in the end of July for the yard site of Rashi and to the kvarm of many of the Baliatoisis. Um, please join us for that. Okay, tonight's shear is an idea that's been germinating for a couple years. Last year I tried to say it, but I didn't have enough information on it. I couldn't develop it enough. I searched and I searched. Did anybody else say it? And the truth is, this year, I don't have that much more information on it. I just figured out how to present it better. Um, I think it's a novel idea because I don't think anybody else uh, uh, goes on that path, which is not always a good sign. <laughs> you know, Sometimes if somebody said it already, at least you know you're safe. Um, but I think it's uh, a very important approach to the parsha. Now, here's how I want to look at the parsha. You look at parsha Shlach, and you have uh, the the main part of the parsha is the narrative of the Miraglim. I mean, it occupies the majority of the parsha. And mysteriously, after the episode of the Miraglim, Hashem says, "Okay, Klal Yisrael, when you go to Eretz Yisrael, I want you to pour wine on the mizbeach." Like, huh? Where did that come from? Nesachim. I mean, there's 613 mitzvahs in the Torah. That's the mitzvah. That after the Ched Hamaraglim, when you go into Israel, pour wine on the altar. I don't know, put on tefillin. Uh, say, climb up a ladder and throw away the mother bird. Where did Nesachim come from? How did that come out of the blue? And then Hashem says, well, you're making challah, give a piece to the kohen. And then, put on tzitzis. I mean, like three random mitzvahs. What's that got to do with the spies? They went to spy out the land for 40 days. They saw big giants. They saw big fruits. They complained, they cried, and God, and God says, okay, you guys are going to die. Anybody over 20 is going to die. By the way, here are some mitzvahs. Pour wine on the mizbeach, give a piece of challah to the kohen, and uh, we're at tzitzis. I mean, what's that got to do with anything? So I'd like to approach the parsha. I think uh, it's a very legitimate way, and that is we have to find a common theme that these mitzvahs are not just random in this spot, but there's a parsha over here. There's something called parsha shlach, and there's a there's an entity called parsha shlach. And this entity, there must be some kind of cohesive approach to understand why these mitzvahs were given in the aftermath of uh, the miraglim. I think that's probably the most basic way to understand the parsha. So, in other words, can we find one common theme in the storyline of parsha shlach? So, let us begin. The Sepharno, in this week's parsha, um, comments with a very innovative approach 
an approach that he used earlier in Parshas Shemini, and that is the Svarna wants to advance that there is a specific connection between the libations and the Ched HaMaraglam. And the bottom line is, he says, that until the Ched HaMaraglam, we didn't need to pour wine on the Mizbeach. You could take a cow, shecht it, put it on the fire, and God says, that smells good to me. I don't need wine. In fact, when Adam brought a carbon, he didn't pour any wine on the carbon. When Noyach brought a carbon, he didn't pour any wine on the carbon. All the carbonos ever brought in the Chumash, until now, there were no wine on them. So until the Chedo Egel, the carbon was Reach Nichayach without a meal offering and without a wine libation. Hevel's carbon, Noyach's carbon, Avram's carbon. When they went to Harsinai, Vayalu Oilois, Vayizbuchu Zvachim, not a word about wine. Oh, but after the Ched Ha'egel, God tells them when you bring the communal carbon tamid, you need to pour wine. Why? Because now that you've been downgraded, now that you've sinned, I don't like your carbon if you don't have wine. I used to like barbecues alone, but now we need barbecues and wine. And that was only by the communal, communal offer. Now, after the Chedem Maraglim, not only does the communal carbon need wine, but the private carbonos need wine. Now, this is a wondrous approach. I'll tell you why. Because pouring wine is a mitzvah in the Torah. So you're telling me this mitzvah was only given in response to a sin, and if they wouldn't have sinned, they, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have had this mitzvah. Can, can such a thing be? I thought... Mitzvahs are like divine realities. They, they just exist. They're not in response to a specific mitzvah. But the Svarno learns, no. The mitzvah of pouring the wine is given in response to the chet of the miraglim. Yeah, so that's how the... Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. That's how the, the Svarno learns. Like similar to... Hell, let's say the people who are Tomei never said, Lama Nigara! Well, you know, why should we lose out? They're never been Pesach Sheni. Never been Pesach Sheni, but it says in the Torah, Pesach Sheni. You're saying there's a mitzvah in the Torah in response to something somebody said, and if they wouldn't have said it, that mitzvah wouldn't have existed? There's, there's some... Okay, Geranosha is like pre-Torah. So, there, the mitzvah existed before the Torah was given because of an episode. But you, here, it's after the Torah was given. So you're going to say, had this episode not been, there wouldn't have been such a mitzvah. This is a repeated theme in the writings of the Svarno. I'll give you another example. The mitzvah of challah. Now I'll tell you the truth. You know, women are very into challah. Men are very into eating challah. And... So, so, you know, it brings bracha. Really? Like, who said? Why can't, you know, buy it in the store? You save money, probably. I don't know. It's, it's, it's more expensive in the store, but, you know, if you buy all the ingredients, it takes about two hours to make it, you know. Those two hours, you could have made money and bought 50 challahs. Is it really a bracha to make challah, to give challah? Svarna says, yeah. It's a pasuk in Yechazgal. The pasuk says, Rashis, when you give, you separate the portion of challah for the kohen, it brings blessing to the house. You want blessing in your house? Bake challah. You don't have time to bake challah? Bake it once in a while. Once in a while, bake challah. Woman who works, she can't bake challah every week. 
sometimes it's a good idea to do it. Because this way you have the bracha of hafrashas chala. Fine. And the Svarno quotes further. Elio Anavi, the, the woman, remember the Isha Shinam, she has no money. She has all these debts. So Elio comes and says, you know what? We're going to take the jugs. I'm going to fill it up with oil. Then you're going to pour the jug into the other jug and the jug into the other jug. But Elio says, oh, but wait a second. The first thing you need to do is give me a cookie. Do you remember that? I forgot about that part. Elio says, give me a cookie. He says to the lady, he says, give me a little cookie first. Before I give you like millions of dollars worth of oil, first give me a cookie. So what's that all about? He's a koyin. Give me challah. Give me challah, you get blessing. You want blessing? Be mafresh challah. So there's a biblical yisait. You want blessing? You're looking for blessing in your house? Bake challah and separate a piece of it. Now, nowadays we don't give it to the kayin. What should you do with it? Some women, they burn it in the oven. Might not be a good idea. Because if you don't cover it, it's, you might trafe up your oven. So it might be better to put it in silver foil and put it away and then maybe burn in the chametz. Ask your local Orthodox rabbi what the best thing to do with the challah. I, I personally do not tell my wife to burn it straight in the oven. It could cause mishap. She wraps it up. She puts it away. Erev Pesach, we put it in the big bonfire. But um, you'll ask your local Orthodox rabbi. So it says the Svarno, before the Chayit Ha'egel, there's no mitzvah of challah. You don't need the bracha. You're a holy nation. Why do you need schoolers? Why do you need blessings? Now you got in trouble. You sinned with the Egel and you sinned with the Meraglim. You need extra blessing. Here's the mitzvah of challah. Okay, so you have two mitzvahs in response to sin. You have the mitzvah of Nesachim. You have the mitzvah of challah. What about Sitzis? I don't know. Svarno doesn't say. Now, it's interesting. The Svarno uses this trick Elsewhere in Chomesh. Who remembers what Parsha talks about eating kosher food and not eating tray food? Kosher animals and not. Are you allowed to eat a lion? Shlomi, are you allowed to eat a lion? Did your wife ever make you lion steak? Never. Good. You're allowed to eat a hippopotamus? No. Where's Azriel? Are you allowed to. <laughs> um, you allowed to eat an elephant? No. What parsha does that say it in? Shmini. Shmini is before the Torah was given or after the Torah was given? Well after. What's going on? Why when God gave the Torah to Jewish people didn't He say, don't eat treif? Says Asfarna, because they were allowed to eat treif. Why not? Why can't you eat treif? Oh, because it banishes God. No, it doesn't. God's close enough with you. You could eat an elephant and He'll still be cool with you. There was no prohibition to eat non-kosher food when the Torah was given. Only after the Chet Ho'egel and we were downgraded. And by the way, the Svarno says, that's why before the Torah was given, God didn't say to build a Mishkan. You know, what do you need a Mishkan for? I come to live in, on you. After the sin of the Egel, only then God commanded to, to build a Mishkan. Only then God commanded about kosher food. So the Svarno throughout Chumash has a very interesting approach that certain mitzvahs are in response to certain chata and other Jewish people. Okay, so that's the beginning. I would like to suggest another connection between the pouring of the of the wine on the mizbeach and the chet hamaraglim. We all know that one of the three things the world stands on, al ha 
Vial ha a baida. Do we bring carbonos today? No. So what do we have in lieu of carbonos? Tefillah. So mincha shachris is instead of carbon tamid. Mincha is in the tamid shabin arbay. Marav is hekter chalavim ve'evarim. But what about the pourings? What do you do instead of the pourings? That's why people think you have Kiddush Club instead of the poor. No. Kiddush Club is the root of all evil in the world. Adam Harishain, and he came. Um, God said, don't eat from the wine. Adam said, God said, you'll eat from it Friday night on Shabbos. Adam said, no, no, I can't wait till Kiddush. I need to have premature Kiddush. And Adam had premature Kiddush, and he brought death to the world. Anytime you go, anytime somebody dies, it's because Adam had a Kiddush club. So next time you're thinking about Kiddush club, think about the snake and Adam and Eve and all the ills of society. Anyway, what is in place of the pouring of the wine? If the carbon is replaced by tefillah, what is repl- what replaces the pouring of the wine? Says Rabbeinu B'chayi, the tears that somebody puts into their prayer take the place of nischei mayim, the pouring of the water. Isn't that interesting? The, we, we know there's a, water is poured on the mezbeach. The tears that somebody sheds during their tefillah is in the place of nischei mayim. The marsha, though, in Erevin seems to say that a person's tears during tefillah corresponds to the nischei hayayim because most karbonos you don't pour water with. Only on sukkahs you pour water. But every carbon had niskei yayin. So what takes the place of the pouring of the wine? Tears. When you cry during tefillah, when you cry during tefillah, that takes the place of the niskei yayin. So a very interesting thought occurred to me. What was the sin of the miraglim? They came back and they said, the land of Israel, it's a dangerous place. There are monsters there. The fruits are like mutant fru- fruits. Look at these grapes. They're the size of bowling balls. You know, it's Eretz Oichelos Yeshua. And they cried for nothing. And God said, you cried for nothing and give you reason to cry. So Tisha B'Av every year. So what replaces improper tears? Proper tears. And instead of, now proper tears, yeah, proper tears are instead of the pouring of the wine. So Hashem says, you know what the tikkun is for your crying for nothing? The, the, the nesachim on the mezbeach. In other words, that's the connection to, between the pouring of the wine and the chet hamaraglim. The chet hamaraglim was crying for naught. So instead of crying for naught, God says, now you have the nesachim, the nischei hayayin. Maybe that's the connection between the mitzvah of nischei hayayin and the uh, chet hamaraglim. I mean, but that that uh, takes a, that's like crying. Yeah. Yeah, halavai people should have any kavanah for that. But look, in Tachnan we say bedimasi arsi amsa. Stop a hundred people if they know what that means. Bedimasi arsi amsa. In my tear, my couch bed, I soak. Dovah says, I soak my bed every night in, in prayer. Okay. Comes Rabbeinu B'chayi, and Rabbeinu B'chayi offers another connection between the mitzvah of Nischei Hayayin and the Chet HaMaraglam. Says Rabbeinu B'chayi, 
the mitzvah of pouring the wine was to be mechazik the Jewish people. God just said, you guys are not going into the land of Israel. Any man between 20 and 60, you're not going into the land. So you know what the Jewish people said? We're not going into the land. And what do you think? Our kids going to go into the land? And 40, by the time 40 years comes, someone's going to do another sin. We're never getting in. That's what the, Jew, the Jewish people said. Forget it. We're never getting into the land of Israel. We messed up within two years. And now it's being pushed up for 40 years. Imagine how many sins we'll do in 40 years. So God says, don't worry. When you come to the land of your inheritance, you're going to pour wine. In other words, don't worry. You're getting in. You're getting in. Hashem was mechazik them. Hashem was consoling them. It's going to happen. You're going to get in. Now the Tzvar Hamar, you know the Tzvar Hamar is Rabbi Avram Saba. Rabbi Avram Saba was one of the Gerushe Sfarad, one of the uh, great leaders of... Um, Jewry in the beginning of the 16th century. He was uh, expelled from Spain in 1492. He lost all his manuscripts. He had to re- uh, rewrite them from memory. He had a child who was forcibly baptized and taken away, never saw again. His granddaughter married the Beis Yosef, Rabbi Reb- Yosef Kara. He says a beautiful pshat. He says... Rebunisham always allows a person to have a rectification, to fix up anything they may have uh, uh, done improperly. So here it is, the Jews sinned with grapes. They come to the Jewish people with these massive grapes, and through the massive grapes they brought death to all the male Jews from 20 to 60, and they ruined God's whole plan. So they sinned through Geffen, through Yayin. So Hashem immediately says, I'm going to give you a tikkun through Yayin. I'm going to give you rectification through Yayin. You're going to come to the land of Israel. You're going to take the grapes. You're going to pour them on the Mizbeach. Don't, meaning, don't think I'm, I'm banishing you. I'm abolishing you. I'm chasing you away. You're, you've uh, messed up for good. You're not, no, with grapes. I want you even with the grapes. You could fix it up with the grapes. You're going to come to the land of Israel. You're going to squeeze the grapes. You're going to pour out wine on the Mizbeach. God never allows a person to disappear, to fall away. The Yibam Shem always gives a person an opportunity to rectify themselves. Why were they miraculously killed? Because they were punished. But yeah, the Jewish people as a... They did. They were rectified by dying. That was, also, that was their chance, you know? But the, as the Jewish people as a whole, uh, the Yibam Shem didn't banish them. Now, I saw a very interesting approach in a sefer. It's called Pre-Megadav, not to be confused with the Pre-Megadim. It was written by a rabbi. I'm sure he's a wonderful person. I have no idea who he is. It's a contempor- he quotes another great Rav, who I'm sure is very great. I also don't know who he is. Chaim HaKoyen Shlita. The author of the sefer, Talalei Chaim. And he's bothered by this question of the unusual juxtaposition of the Ched HaMeraglim, followed by the Nishayayin, followed by the Mitzvah of Chala, followed by the Mitzvah of Tzitzit. What does one thing got to do with the other? And he says, if you study the parsha carefully, you'll notice the Ched HaMeraglim is very reminiscent of the sin of Adam. Why? In what way? Because how did Adam sin? The woman saw the tree. She saw the tree. All problems start when you see something. That's where it all starts from. Here it is. You're minding your own business. 
you're sitting in the shul, you're going home, you don't have any big hasa, and then you see it, the ad, the thing, you want it, you need it, you're drawn to it. If you wouldn't have seen it, the fact that you know it exists doesn't elicit the same desire. It always comes from seeing. And the Miraglim also sinned. Lost Soros Haaretz, they, they sinned by, see, by uh, seeing. What was the sin of Adam? He ate from the grape. They also brought a grape. Adam Arishon, what did God do to him? Took off his clothing, his garments of light. Gave him leather garments. What do Yeshua and Kalev do? They tear off their clothing. What is the tikkun for the sin of the Miraglim? Nesachayayin. And what about according to the opinion that the sin of Adam was wheat and not gefen? So Hashem says, according to that opinion, mitzvah challah. So whatever Adam did wrong, whether it was wine, pour the wine in the zech. Whether it was wheat, be mafresh challah. Whether it was seeing, we know tzitzis is a lashon of seeing. Mate sits men hacharakim. Or it says by the mitzvah of, by the miraglim, uri isem oisai. It says, um, Taru Esaretz, and by Tzitzit it says, V'loi Sasura. Now it's very interesting. Um, in the Sefer Be'er Moshe, of the Oizhirava Rebbe, who is buried in B'nai Brak, and uh, his grandson, Rabbi Langer, gave me his svarim. He also brings the idea that Tzitzit is a direct rectification for the Miraglim. The sin of the Miraglim is they had all these cheshboinois, calculations, it's not a good idea to go into Israel because the politics, too many elections, they had all kinds of cheshboinois, we'll never get a majority in the Knesset. They had all kinds of calculations of why we shouldn't go into Israel. And uh, the Mitzvah of Tzitzis, the Gemara Menachos calls it the chain of the Eved. It, bound, it binds the Eved to his master. It's an idea of being subjugated um, and nullified to the ideas of the master. Interesting, Ramir Shapiro points out that almost every year we lay in Parshashlach, I never realized this. Shabbos Mavarchim Tamaz. So it comes out good because he said in most years, this year, Shlach is Shabbos Mavarchim Tamaz. So it comes out good for this year, it happens to be. And the Chodesh of Tamaz, you know, Tamaz is a mnemonic, is a Rashi Tebais. Zmane Teshuva Memashmashin Uba'in. I knew you thought of that yourself, but I just say he also says that. Zmane Teshuva Memashmashin Uba'in. Because we know the month of El is the month of Tshuva. In Av, Av stands for, don't get too comfortable up in the mountains, Elul Ba. Elul is coming. Av stands for Elul Ba. And Tammuz is, you know, you think you have some, uh, a little break. No, no, no. Elo's coming. Zmane, Tshuva, Mamash, Now, that Rizal says that every month of the year corresponds to different parts of the head. And Tammuz and Av correspond to the two eyes. And that's what um, we say in Eicha. Eini oilala lenafshi mikol benois iri. My eyes cause me the most trouble. And that's why the Miraglim, uh, they were drawn, um, they ended up sinning because of their seeing. They were tarim. And therefore the mitzvah of tzitzis is masaking that because uri'i samaisai. Yeah, they kept their eyes good. But everybody else went down. They saw the same things that they saw. 
It all depends how you see what you see. Not everybody sees what everybody else saw. Some people see other things. Um, interesting, the Masoira points out that the word Uri'isem appears two times. We have it in the beginning of the Parsha by the Meraglim. We have Uri'isem Asa'aretz and we have it by the Mitzvah of Tzitzis, Uri'isem Aisai. So that also draws a connection between the sin of the Meraglim which came about Ayyadei Uri'isem Aisai was somehow rectified through the Mitzvah of Tzitzis um, the sin of the Maragim was rectified through Okay, you came this evening and I want to share with you I think this is a gem of a discovery I didn't really find any authentic original source that says this but I think it's so compelling that it's really it's a it's like a nuclear observation. It's a powerful observation. I think this will revolutionize your understanding of the parsha. I didn't find anybody who says it other than this year, last year I couldn't find anybody. This year I found in one sefer that I never heard of, I don't even know who wrote it, a contemporary sefer. I think this is really eye-opening. You know, we start parsha Shlach, it says, Ba'idaber Hashem HaMoshe, Shlach Lecha Anosha. And we have no idea where the story takes place. Did you know? Do you know where the story takes place? It doesn't say in the Swiss Parsha. And that's because we forgot the last Pasuk of last week's Parsha. And I think the last Pasuk of last week's Parsha is like a bomb. After the episode of Miriam, who spoke Lashon Hara about Moshe, V'achar nasehu ha'amechatzerois, so the people traveled from Chatseros and they went to Midbar Paran. Okay, that's nice. Did you ever go to Midbar Paran on vacation? Anybody know where Midbar Paran is? Who lives in Midbar Paran? Ooh, there's a guy, I remember him. Parshas Vayera. He was actually a man by the name of the son of Avraham Avinu. You know who his name was? Yishmael. Midbar Paran is where Yishmael left. Look in Vayira. Vayeshev b'midbar Paran v'atikach lo'yimai isha me'eretz Mitzrayim. Okay? That's one clue. The Meraglim... The Maisa Meraglim happened when the Jews were stationed in the land of Yishmael. The Avera that tore us away from the land of Israel stemmed from the land of Yishmael. Is there anybody who wants to cut off the Jewish people more from the land of Israel than Yishmael? No! So you think it's a coincidence that the Maisa Meraglim that we're suffering, we, we are not entitled to have so fully today. We're cut off from the land today. Why? Because of the Miraglim. Where did that come from? The land of Yishmael. You think that's a coincidence? That's the clincher of the whole thing. No? That's the Hakdama. You want to know what the intro, the, the, the uh, sin of the Miraglim is? It happened through the land of Yishmael. That's a bomb. No? That's a bomb. I didn't see that anywhere. Now, another interesting clue. 
This I cannot crack for the life of me. We're learning Hilchus now. The Torah says, how do you put on a talis? How do you wrap a talis? Ke'atifas Yishma'ilim. What? Imagine if we had a mitzvah. Put up a mezuzah, how? Like Nebuchadnezzar. You know? Imagine, um, sit in the sukkah like Titus HaRasha. How do you put on a talis? Like Yishma'il. I mean, we can't find a better paradigm of doing a mitzvah than Yishma'il. So I've been searching. There must be, if the sin of the Meraglim stemmed from the land of Yishma'il, and Tzitzis is given as like the finale of Parashat as a tikkun for the Meraglim, somehow Tzitzis has got to be a tikkun for the Chet HaMeraglim. That's the, those are some of the pieces I have. I don't have all the pieces here. So I found in two Svarim, contemporary Svarim, I never heard of, neither did any, Adir Bamoroiman in Yone Talis Fetzitzis. He, uh, I could not find this last year. He points out the Torah says you should wrap a Talis like Atifas Yishmael. He says Yishmael had a particular Kayach of his Tfilos were answered, Kishama Hashem El Onyech. And that means Yishmaelim have a koyach atfilah. So when we're about to daven, we want to be mavatel their koyach. So we put on the talis ka'atifas Yishmaelim. Also in the Sefer Or HaKoylel, number 21, he says, Yishmael's koyach was uh, ba'asher husham, and his tfilos were answered, and maybe that's why we put on a talis ka'atifas Yishmaelim, to be mavatel the koyach of Yishmael. To me, it's very significant that if the Chayra Maraglam, the sin that cut us away from the Holy Land for 40 years, and until today, until today, if you look into Hillam, God says, I swear, I will, I will scatter you throughout the nations of the world because of the sin of the Maraglam. Till today, we're still suffering from the Maraglam. I'll tell you something very powerful. Um, people say I always wax poetic about moving to Eretz Yisrael. Yeah, I know how to talk about it. Well, Halavaya should be able to do it. But in Eicha we read, Bacha Esiv Kaheb Alayla, Vidimasa Alechaya, Ain Lamanache, Mikolai Haveha. Says she weeps bitterly at night, Vidimasa Alechaya. Her tear is on her cheek. The Baal Nasivis Hamishvat says, What does it mean her tear is on her cheek? He says, when the Miraglim came back and said, it's a bad land, the Jews cried. We're still, we're still crying about that Eretz Yisrael's ours. In other words, we haven't rectified that sin yet. The same apathy that the Miraglim engendered in the Jewish people toward the land of Israel, we still have that same, that crying that they cried to disattach from the land, we're still crying. So we still don't want to be there. We're very happy here. There are more pizza stores here. There are better sports franchises here. There are better yeshiva. Everything is better in America. So the tears of the Miraglim, the Dimasa Alechia, the tears are still on our cheek. So, um, the sin of the Miraglim, which was engendered by Yishmael. So if, no wonder, by the way, no wonder we still have problems in Eretz Yisrael with Yishmael. It's just maybe an outgrowth of the sin of the Miraglim. Now, again, you know another proof that uh, Yishmael lives in Paran? 
And Vizoy Sabracha. When Hashem gave us the Torah, it's Vizoy Sabracha. Asher Beirach, Moshe, Sholakim. So, Vayoymar, Hashem, Yisinai, Ba Vizorach, Miseir. Rashi says, God offered the Torah to Esav. Hoifia Mehar Paran, God offers the Torah to Yishma. Paran is the land of Yishma. And I found in the Sefer Shafrir Tzedek that in his opinion, it's very compelling that when the Meraglim passed through the land of Paran, they were affected by the Tumah of Yishmael. And just like Yishmael mocked Yitzchak, and he says, you'll never inherit the land of Israel, the Meraglim mocked the Holy Land, and they said to the Jewish people, you'll never inherit the Holy Land. And... Just like Yishmael, he didn't want to live in Israel. He lived in Midbar Paran. So the Raghim were the same thing. They said, let's not go into Eretz Yisrael. And Yishmael, where does Yishmael go to live? Who remembers? Where did Yishmael go to live? He's always going to Egypt. Yishmael's always going to Egypt. So the Raghim said, let's go back to Egypt. They said the exact same thing as Yishmael. Tenu Rosh V'nashav Mitzrayimah. And just like Yishmael despised the Holy Land, the Meraglim followed suit. Now, what was the fate of Yishmael? Goreshes ben He was banished. You're not going to inherit Eretz Yisrael. So we follow in the path of Yishmael. That was the fate of the Jewish people as well. Very interesting. So, is it a coincidence that the sin of the Meraglim was rooted in the land of Yishmael? And the mitzvah given at the end of the parasha, so presumably to rectify that, is tzitzis, and we wrap it ki Yishmaeli. Now, another interesting thing is, what do the Yishmaelim specialize in? Which Avera? So I, when Hashem offered the Torah to Esau, Esau says, what does it say in it? So God said, loy sirtzach. So he said, so what are we supposed to do then? That's our, that's our specialty. So God went to Yishmael. What did Yishmael say? Right, the Gemara in the Kedushin says, ten measurements of uh, illicit, promiscuous behavior came down to the world. Arvia took nine of them. The Arabian Peninsula took nine of them. Despite the way they are malbish atzmam, it's only mibachutz. It's interesting then. So if tzitzis is somehow a tikkun against Yishmael, and we know the, the purpose of tzitzis, as I'll say, um, my friend Gedalia Schwartz, when I was discussing with him the topic of the shir, he, he cited the Gemara that says, you know, there's somebody who's going to do an Avera, and he's about to sin with a woman, and he got slapped in the face with the tzitzis. The tzitzis protect a person from immoral behavior. So is there any wonder then that tzitzis which somehow is a rectification for what happened through the land of Yishmael, is the, the mitzvah that is the greatest protection against Arayos. And then, after the sheet was printed, I had to put an, another maramakam on the sheet. And uh, one more idea. You know, in Ahava Rabbah, or Ahava Soilam, right before Shema in the morning, we say, V'havienu l'shalom me'arba kanfois and we gather the tzitzis. Or if you have a nusach sfard, maher v'havei aleinu bracha v'shalom 
So I was told, okay, it's very cute. We say, God, gather Israel from all corners of the world, from all confoys, and these are dollar confoys. So let's do this like really cute thing before Shemon Esrei. The Jews are going to come from the four corners of the world, and these are called dollar confoys, so we're going to gather it together. But not that actually going like this with sitzes has anything to do with the ingathering of the Jews. Is it just like a play on words? So I saw a very interesting idea in Rabin Bachai. Rabin Bachai says, why on the tzitzis you have a third of the tzitzis wound and tied and a third scattered? And he says, tzitzis is a remez to the pizor and gullus of the Jewish people. And we're scattered through Edom and Yishmael. And we're on a very low level. But ultimately, the scattered bottom strings will be gathered and bound tightly and tied up back to the land of Israel. Now, he doesn't say that's why we go like this when we say, But the Rabbeinu B'chai says the strings and the knots of the tzitzis represent the scattering, dispersal, and ingathering of the Jewish people. So now we understand why we gather the tzitzis as a remez to the ingathering of the exiles, because the tzitzis actually represent the strings, the scattered strings are the gullus, and the wound strings are the geula. So can it be also that in, uh, because of the Ched HaMaraglim, we know that God swore... Actually, it's interesting. You know the first shir I gave here in the Young Israel? Last year, Pasha Shlach was shir number one. I remember and we spoke about the fact that in Tehillim, there's a Pasuk that says, That because of the Chet HaMaragdim, God swore He would scatter us throughout the world. And the question is, where in the Chumash do we find God swearing that He's going to scatter the Jewish people? So we said over from the Imre Yemes and from the Natsiv that when Hashem says, Chai I swear, My honor will fail the world. What's God's honor? The Jewish people are God's honor. So when he swears that his honor will fill the world, he's swearing he will exile us to the whole world. So as a result of the Chena Maraglim, Hashem is swearing there's going to be a Golas. So what mitzvah is given, so to speak, that that is a Haftach, that vouchsafes that one day will be ingathered? That's a mitzvah tzitzis. So it comes out very beautiful that as, so to speak, a consolation for the sin of the Maraglim, and for the impending golos, Hashem gives us the mitzvah of tzitzis, which is basically is a tangible mitzvah that even though right now, you know, we're scattered, but the day will come that we will be tied back and ingathered. And uh, I think that's also a very strong connection between the mitzvah of tzitzis and the story of the Mirayim. So basically, in summation, the uh, whole parsha is thematic in the sense that as the Sfarno says, the mitzvah of pouring of the wine is a direct result of the Ched HaMaraglim. Until then, we didn't need wine for Hashem to favor our karbonos. Now we need the wine. Until then, we didn't need the mitzvah of challah for there to be blessing in our house. Now we need the mitzvah of challah to be blessing in our house. We said the pouring of the wine, which is uh, counteracts the tears of the Maraglim. The same way tears in tefillah is in place of the pouring of the wine in the Mizbeach, the pouring on the wine in the Mizbeach is a tikkun, perhaps, 
for the improper tears of the Maraglam. And the mitzvah pouring the wine is rectifying the improper use of the grapes, that the Maraglam used the grapes, and the idea that the sin of the Maraglam is reminiscent of the sin of Adam Rishon. So we have a tikkun with grapes, we have a tikkun with wheat, we have a tikkun with clothing, and the idea that the Uriisem Esaoretz is rectified by Uriisem Oisai, that the sin of the Maraglim was in this dark, murky land of the Yishmaelim, and somehow it's not coincidence that the Yishmaelim, who always are vying for the land, were the source, they were the host. You know, who hosted the sin of the Maraglim? Who hosted the sin of the Maraglim? Yishmael. Now another idea that's brewing, I don't have it yet, maybe for next year, is the sale of Yosef is very reminiscent of the sin of the Maraglim. Yosef was sold by Yishmaelim. This takes place in Midbar Paran. When the brothers come to look for Yosef, what does Yosef say? Maraglim at him. So, and there are ten of them. There were ten brothers. And Rabbeinu Bechai says, reminiscent of the Temeraglam. So that's also an area to explore, but I can't give away too much, otherwise what am I going to do next year? And um, we have many commonalities between the sin of Yishmael and the sin of the Meraglim. They both mocked the land, they both went back to Egypt, they both were banished from the land, and the mitzvah of Tzitzis is somehow a tikkun for the sin of the Meraglim. There's this unique uh, aspect of Tzitzis that we wrap it, Ka'atifas, Yishmaelim, Tzitzis protects us from Arayos, which is the uh, specialty of Yishmael. And as a result of the Miraglim, God decreed to scatter us, and we have the mitzvah of Tzitzis that represents our ultimate ingathering. And we should all be Zoycha. Maher, Vahave, Oleinu, Bracha, Veshalim, Me'arba, Kanfei, Sa'ores. We should all be Zoycha to rectify the sin, wipe away the tear that's Alechaya. And uh, return, let's see you in Barina. Thank you very much. <coughs> Have a wonderful night.